Well, glory to God. Uh, we've been in a series for several weeks now, um, for a while, called uh, By Grace Through Faith. And we're going to recap a little bit and then get into what we have for this morning. Uh, Ephesians 2, verse 1. It says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted our, ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. So it's for by grace you have been saved. So it's by grace. Grace is the unmerited favor of God's one definition. It's the enablement of God. It's the ability of God. You've been saved by grace, but it's through faith. Faith, in other words, faith is the conduit. Faith is the mechanism by which you're saved or through which you're saved. You didn't make... Uh, uh, make the ability for you to get saved. That was Jesus' role, but our believing God is how the, the mechanism through which we were saved, and it's the same way in every area. God's grace has provided all things we need for this life and for the future life, but God's grace doesn't make it real in your life. If it did, then everybody would already have everything God's provided because if it's all up to Him, if it's His grace and it's His, uh, just His favor toward us, then it's already done. Then there's no, there's no reaction on our part. Well, we know that's not true because there are people that are going to go to hell. There are people that have gone to hell. There are people that are going to hell right now. People that are dying today, and that never received Jesus. So it's not all up to God, and it's not all up to God what we receive in this life. God's grace has provided it, but there's our part, and that is faith. That's the mechanism by which we receive. Ephesians 2.8 in the Amplified Classic says, For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. Through your faith. Everybody say, my faith. My faith. That's how, well, you, you have to be, how you receive the salvation. It's been done, but you have to, you have to act on it. Ephesians 2.8 in the New Living Translation says, God saved you by His grace when you believed. 
Now, the, the potential was there before, right? Because Jesus didn't die yesterday. He didn't die in your lifetime, didn't die in my lifetime. He died hundreds, thousands of years ago, right? Roughly a couple thousand years ago, 2,000 years ago. He died, was buried, rose from the dead. So the potential is there then for people to be born again. So when you were born, I'm going to jump ahead. I mean, it's a side thing. When you're born, you came to earth. You, you know, you're not dead as a baby. That's another subject. We can talk about that offline if you want to. But there's an age where everybody reaches an age where they reject God. Or they become born again. They go on. But at, at some point, people need to receive Christ. And so when you came in, before your lifetime started here on the earth, Jesus had already made the potential for you to be born again. It didn't happen 10 years ago. It's not a new thing in your life. It was there. It was there. Any, every person on the face of the earth that's breathing right now, when they came into the earth, the potential was already there for them to be born again, but, but many of them will live and die and never receive Christ. Notice what we just said. They won't receive Christ but the potential is there for them to be born again. So we have a part to play with being saved. We also have a part to play with anything we receive from God. It's the same way. How we receive salvation is the same way we receive from Him in any area. The mechanism is the same. God has provided what we need by His grace, and the potential is already there. Again, with anything you need from God, it's not, you're not waiting on Him. It's not like, well, in 10 years he's going to make it available. It's here. It's, it's already available now, today. Amen. When you first became conscious that there was a God, everything you ever were going to need for this earth and for, for the life on this earth and the future was already provided. When you became conscious of the fact there was a God, when you first became conscious there was anything such as the Word of God or faith or the Holy Spirit or God the Father or Jesus, Everything was already ready because you live in this time. Now, that's not true for those that walked with Jesus. They saw the provision being made. They didn't know what was going on, but they saw what was going on. I mean, they saw him die, and then when he, they, and they didn't know what was going on. I mean, they all ran away. We'll die with you. Well, until it actually came time, and then they were gone because they didn't know what was going on. And so he died, was buried, but he rose from the dead. Well, now they can believe on him. But that's not true for us as far as the timing. When you, were, when you first became conscious of any of this, it's already hundreds of years old, thousands of years old, that it was made the potential. Well, that applies for salvation, but everything that salvation includes. When we were born again, everything that God has for us was made available. Well, but, but not everybody will receive it. And that's the key. That we won't, that it, faith is the key to receiving. Faith is the key to receiving from God. Your faith can only receive what God's grace has provided. Faith is the way that you receive from God. Romans 8, 
or Romans 10, verse 8. Let's look at that. <clears throat> Romans 10, verse 8. You guys are believing right now with me to get this out the way it needs to. Okay, I have a lot of notes, but we need to get it out right. I'm believing God that it'll help us to get it out. When, when things need to be said, when they don't need to be said, because I have a lot here on my heart that we want to convey. Romans 10, verse 8 says, What does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith with, uh, which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Let's go back to verse 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Notice it says if. That if. That if. What does that mean? There's something that needs to be done. If everybody is just going to be saved, there's no if. It just means everybody's going to be saved because of God's great grace. That's not what it says. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's how you're saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So salvation, righteousness, is already available. But there's something we need to do in this case and in every case. This is how we receive from God. You can go back, go back to verse 9. This says how, we re how we're saved, but it's the same. Anything you need from God... It's the same way. If He already has it. Let's like acknowledge right now, God already has provided and has everything you or I need for this life. Yes. Right now. Yes. Now. Not 10 minutes from now. Not after you think you check a bunch of boxes and you're ready. Right now. In fact, before you ever arrived on the earth, it was already there. Before your great-grandparents arrived on the earth, it was already there. You'd have to go back pretty far before everything in Jesus wasn't already provided. And the people before had a different covenant, and they had to look forward to Jesus, and certain things were provided, but we're looking backwards. So out of everybody you know, and everybody's relatives for more than you want to talk about, or more you could probably even track, it was already available. In the Dark Ages, everything that Jesus provided was available. Everything. Anything that we're walking in, that see, that, this is why people think certain things are new. Speaking in tongues, oh, well, you know, I heard somebody say this to me. Oh, you guys just started, that, that's a relatively new thing. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, there was a revival around the 19, right after the turn of the uh, 1900s. That was being restored back. Go read the book of Acts. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Yes. It's been, it's thousands of years ago. 
But people started to walk away from stuff and lost it. And in the dark ages, people are bumming around. What are the dark ages? They're bumming around in the dark. Does that mean it's not available? No. If it's all God's grace, we should have had just as much then as now. What was the revival around the turn of the century for the, the speaking in tongues, the Pentecostal experience, and the gifts of the Spirit? Because people started believing something. It's not on God's side. God, already, it was already available. The Holy Spirit, if they said, well, it's not available, the Holy Spirit's on the earth. He didn't go anywhere. Think about it. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth centuries, thirteenth, fourth. He's here. He didn't go anywhere. People didn't call on him. Healing. The healing revivals that have happened. And, stu- and things, at the same time, you saw healings then, and you, you go back centuries before, certain things were starting to be added back to the church. Why? God's not adding it. You talk about a move of God, it's because people are awakening to certain things and acting in faith and praying and coming and believing. The healing revivals that happened throughout the 1900s, there is a move of God, don't misunderstand me, that will be emphasizing certain things, but for the believer, these things are always available. And people are awakening up to certain things. So, faith, is how we access these things. So some people don't like that, don't like faith, and you're trying to get rid of it like it's just all God. It's not, if it's all God, it's not going to happen. See, it's not all up to God. You can't take our, what we do, our response out of the equation. You can't, because it's by faith. There's no salvation then. Take salvation out. We can't be saved anymore because, you know, it's all up to God. Well, it's all up to God. Salvation ceases. It's by faith. But what I want you to get here, because we're going to get into some things, this is how we receive from God. Anything. So we already established everything is available that we need now, right? God has it now. Okay, now may or may not have shown up in our life. Okay? So it's God's fault. Now this is not, here, this is not condemnation. Because, you know, there's a thing that people, they've heard certain things and gotten so hard, or, or they felt beat up about faith, and you can take any truth to an, to a, a, an extreme. Let's reiterate this part. The hard part is God's part. He's already done that. You couldn't make the ability to save yourself. You can't heal a gnat. You and your own strength. You don't have the power. You don't have the power. You you can't do it. But God has already made the ability. Our job is just to believe what he's done. Okay? But yeah, there there may be people have gotten to where they feel like everything is up to them. And so they don't want to hear anything about Faith. Well, if we don't hear anything about faith, we don't have the mechanism by which we receive from God. Let's not make our part the hard part. But if we need to understand that certain things, if they're going to happen in our lives, they are going to hinge on us pulling on what he's already done. Period. Church-wide, when we talk about things, you know, happening or not happening, we need to understand 
faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. As we hear the Word of God on a certain subject, now we can believe. If you don't understand that God wants you, what well, we were talking about in the offering, if you don't understand He wants you to prosper, it's His will for you to prosper. If you believe that, well, if you're really holy, you won't have anything, then you don't have any faith for prosperity. You won't reach out and say, no, this is mine. And so there's millions of Christians that don't believe God wants them to have anything. In fact, they've been taught to push against it. They will call things the prosperity gospel. Well, why would you not want to be well off? But just go turn around right ahead and go out and try to make as much money as they can. Now, there is such a thing as being covetous. There is such a thing as loving money. We're not supposed to love money. Good night. Money is down here as far as importance. Your health is so much more important. Your loved ones are so much more important. But if we're going to say money's not important, we're fooling ourselves. To have money is to have influence and ability. But if you don't believe it, you won't be bothered with it. Faith comes by hearing and starting to act on the word. So it says here, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, we need to understand at this point to call on Jesus, to confess the Lord Jesus, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You need to have heard something and then you need to believe something. Are you with me? You can't call, and it says this later, right in the, the subsequent verses, we're not going to read them in Romans, you know, how is somebody going to hear without a preacher? Well, there's, a, there's a, a process. But it comes down to, we need to be, a person to be saved has to act on the word, has to believe and have faith in what they've heard. They have to believe what they've heard, and they have to do something. So for... To somebody to, for somebody to be saved, they need to believe in their heart that God has raised him from the dead. It also says, you confess, can you go back? Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. So you need to believe something, you need to confess something, and then you'll be saved. You can go to verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. See, it's with the heart one believes. It's with your heart, it's not with your head. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So there's the process. God has made something available. In this case, we're talking about salvation, but this is the same way you believe unto anything. You could say with the heart, one believes unto healing. With the mouth confession is made unto a well body. It works the same way. God made it available, we receive it. How do we receive it? By believing in our heart, we say it with our mouth, we declare it. Why is that so important? Because you're declaring what God has said, you're making it real. You're declaring because you believe something. You can't just declare it and not believe it. You've got to believe it in your heart. See, there's two parts. You say, well, I'll just say it and it's like magic. No, there's a believing. And you can believe it and not speak it. You need to speak it. But this is how we receive. You believe unto. With the heart one believes unto prosperity. And with the mouth confession is made unto abundance. You believe. See, a heart believes. Prosperity is a heart condition. It's a poverty is a heart condition. 
People that believe, I, I can't do anything. You look at people that are in abject poverty. They don't believe they can do anything. They have a terrible self uh, picture of themselves. They don't believe they can make any money. They believe everything should be given to them. They don't believe they can uh, do anything in life. And that leads to poverty. If somebody doesn't do it, I can't do it. And But you take somebody, you could put them, if they believe the right things, you could put them in the middle of anywhere. I don't care how poor it is. And they would come out because they believe something different. To start businesses, to take risks, you need to believe something. You have to overcome fear of failure. And you say, this is going. It doesn't look like it. It's going. And so much so, we're going to put our money on the line. You believe something. And see, there's that in the natural, but there in the spiritual world, when we're talking about believing God, faith is trust. Faith is believing Him. Faith is how you receive the things that are already provided for us. God wants every person on the face of the earth to be well off, to have an abundance, but not everybody will. Not everybody believes it. Not everybody will act because God can have it. And God will say, step out and do this. They say, oh, I can't. Well, see, that's, that's not acting in faith. God has it. He's saying, here it is. And they say, well, I can't. Do you see that the person can cut off what God wants to do? They could do it with salvation. Jesus has provided through his blood, through his re- uh, death, burial, resurrection, has provided salvation for you. And somebody could say, I, I can't believe it. I've done too many things bad. I can't receive. And they could disqualify themselves. God didn't disqualify them. God is saying, it's here, free gift, here, take it. And they say, I can't. What is the I can in taking it? That's faith. Faith is the hand that takes what God has provided. Pastor Hagen said it like this. Faith is the key that unlocks the unlimited resources of God. Faith is the key that unlocks the unlimited resources of God. Let's say it one more time. Faith is the key that unlocks the unlimited resources of God. It's the hand that takes. Smith Wigglesworth said this, Faith is the open door through which the Lord comes. Do not say, I was healed by faith. Faith does not save. God saves through that open door. You're saved by what? Grace. Through faith. Don't say faith. We were saved by faith. That's the door by which God does what he needs to do. He's the one that already saved. It's by his grace. He said, Smith Wigglesworth said, Faith is the open door through which the Lord comes. Do not say I was healed by faith. Faith does not save. God saves through that open door. Healing comes the same way. You believe and the virtue of Christ comes. You believe. I said you believe. It's the door. It's the key. It's the conduit by which we receive what God already has provided and wants us to walk in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mark eleven twenty two. 22. If you want to look at that. 
Mark eleven twenty two. <clears throat> so, so Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Let's go back to verse 22. He says, have faith in God. Have faith in God. And then he says, this is Jesus, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this man, now he's talking about saying, we talked about declaring the word a few weeks ago, and this is very important, you say what God says. But notice it's talking about believing in your heart as well. This lines up with what we read in Romans. Uh, uh, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. See, you could say, well, be cast in the sea, go away. but if you're, not, if you're doubting in your heart, that's not going to work. Now you can, you can, faith will work with faith, faith will work if it's in your heart, even if you have doubt in your head, because you can have thoughts in your head going, you're nuts, but your faith is, in your heart you believe, no, this is God, I believe God, and Satan will try to hit you with thoughts in your head, we need to do something with those thoughts, we need to shut them down, but even if you got, see some people think, oh, I just don't, it's not going to work because I had a thought of doubt, well, that comes to everybody. That's how Satan tries to get you to let go of what you believe. When he tries to tell you it's not working, that's doubt in your head. We need to shut those thoughts down and say, no, I cast you out. It is working. The book, God's word is true. He said, if you can uh, it be removed and be cast in the sea, and if you don't doubt, if he doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that those thing he, things he says will be done, he will have what? Whatever he says. See, this is a conduit. God has already provided it, and so we're saying, believing in our heart and saying something, that, and that's faith, believing and saying, acting on it, and that then allows it to come to pass. It says, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Believe that you receive them. Believe that you take them. Believe that they're yours, that you're taking them. It didn't say you're not taking them naturally. You're taking them with your heart. You're believing and you're pulling it in. Faith is the hand that receives what God has provided. And so then it says you believe that you receive them and you what? You will have them. Now, notice it didn't say if it's God's will and he dumps it on you, then you'll have it. And if it doesn't happen, then it wasn't God's will. But that's what a lot of people believe. I'm not even making fun. I'm not putting people down. Don't ever put people down because they're, most people are walking in the light they have. And if it weren't for the mercy and grace of God, we would be walking in the dark too. Thank God for what we have in the light, of word, the, the light of the word we have. Don't be arrogant about it. Don't belittle people and say, well, they're, just, they're so dumb, they just don't understand. No, if it weren't for God's mercy and grace and the fact that the word came to you, now you chose to believe it, but that's nothing to be arrogant about. 
Different people are in the body of Christ are emphasizing certain things and doing a marvelous job. But let's cherish and believe and, and hold dear the things we've been given and the things you've come to understand. Don't negate them. Don't negate the heritage that we have. Don't negate the word. The fact that, you, you know, you may have seen this verse before. Don't negate the truth that's in it. But we need to make sure that, I mean, we, we have to, to act on what we see here. But this is, so I was saying, there are, there are millions of people that will say, well, if it's God's will, it'll happen. If it's not God's will, it won't happen. And how do you know God's will? Well, it's whatever happens. That's God's will. Well, we know that's not true. Are people all over the world are being killed? So that's God's will? Because it's whatever happens is God's will. We know that's not. So then, if that's true, then God has got everything in a real mess. But it's not true. Not everything. You can't determine the will of God by what happens or doesn't happen. You determine the will of God by His Word. Do you understand? He wants everybody to go to heaven. But not everybody's going to go to heaven. Is that His will that they go to hell? No, the Bible says clearly. He, he doesn't want anybody to go to hell. That none should, he was that none should perish, but that all would come to the knowledge of the truth. Was well, it his will when somebody goes to hell? Well, no. Well, then we have to understand not everything that happens is God's will. You can't, you can't pray and then say, well, if it's his will, then it'll happen. If it's not, it won't. And, and we just know by the answer. Jesus prayed, if it be thy will, in the garden when he, was it, when he was talking about consecration. He said, not my will, but your will be done. Because if there's another way to get this job done, I'm open to it. But he never prayed that way for healing. He didn't pray when he was at Lazarus' tomb, if it be thy will, come out. He said, Father, I'm praying. I know you always hear me. I'm praying for the sake of the people around me. Lazarus, come forth. He didn't pray if it be thy will. If we know the will of God, then we contend for the will of God. And if you don't see it, you just keep contending. And you just keep contending. You don't say, well, it must not be the will of God. You need to go back to the Word and say, what does the Word say? And that is His will. Now, if I'm not seeing it, I need to be honest with myself and check up on what I'm doing, where I am, and go forward and ask Him to help me. Period. Saying, well, I guess it's not God's will. He just doesn't want me to have it. That's against what He said in His Word. Faith is believing what He said. See, it's by grace, but it's through faith. We got to believe Him. And we just have to believe. We have to act and believe until. Until what? Until whatever it is, is done. See, Satan will try to mess with you. He'll try to tell you it's not working. And, try to, and so you're going to have to do that. I mean, that shouldn't happen if you were believing. And he can try to get you more concerned with the fact that something shouldn't happen than actually getting the answer. Well, if you're really in faith, this shouldn't happen. And so, and then, well, I shouldn't have to do this. I mean, if I have to go to the doctor to get that procedure done, then, then I should. And people get so concerned rather than just getting the thing, get over the hump and keep going. 
I'm not telling you to go to the doctor, not go to the doctor. Don't get hung up on the mechanism. You don't know how close you are to uh, walking in the fullness of what God has for you. Don't get caught up with side issues, major on the major, on the majors, minor on the minors, and go forth with God and believe Him. We don't have a long enough life to mess with all the little small things all the time. And Satan can get you, if he can get you hung up on some side thing and try to beat you up that you didn't do it perfect and keep you circling there, he will for the next 10 years. He will, as long as you'll bite and as long as you'll think you should have done it. And all the while, you got the thing taken care of or you went on or you're keeping moving and you try to beat you up about it instead of just going on with God and letting God help you going forward. Amen. Let's turn uh, back to chapter 5. <clears throat> Mark 5, 21. Now we see an example of this. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Mark 5, verse 21 Glory to God. You guys are believing with me. I believe God's helping us. Mark 5, verse 21 says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed and thronged him. Now a certain woman who had a flow of blood, or now a certain woman had a flow of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things by many physicians. So now I want to focus on the woman with the issue of blood. Read the beginning, so you can see the situation in the context. We're not going to focus on... Uh, J. Iris' daughter this morning. But there's a man that came up and said, my daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her. So, so Jesus is walking toward that, and there's people all around him. Notice it says in verse 24, a great, uh, great multitude followed him and thronged him. So there are people all about him as he is going. In verse 25, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Money is not the most important thing. This lady spent all her money and grew worse. You don't think she would have traded? She, tra she did. She traded literally all her money and still. What was she going after? Health. Somebody said it like this. If you lose money, you've lost nothing. If you lose health, you've lost something. If you lose salvation, you've lost everything. If you don't believe on Jesus, you're done. I don't care who you are, what you have in this world. Let, let me tell you, there's a long, long time ahead of us when we get out of this earth. And we want to be with the Lord Jesus. But look at this lady. Is this, is this just back in Jesus' day? Or are people today going, going from doctor to doctor trying to get some condition taken care of for them or their loved one? Does this happen today? Yes. Spend everything they have. I know people personally that have spent, they, they, they have spent their money. 
Now, money is not the most important thing. Walking in health, if you're healthy, thank God. Rejoice. Don't ever say, oh, I don't have anything to be thankful about. Well, <laughs> you do. If you just know Jesus, you have everything to be thankful about. Start there. Well, life is so bad. People don't like me. Well, forget that. Start focusing on the fact God loves you. And if you've been born again, you're walking with Him. And He, you're in the family of God. So anything that's on this earth is going to be short-lived. And pretty soon, it's all going to be over anyway. Start right there. We can praise God, right? Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, notice, something came. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I... If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Notice, she heard something about Jesus. She's evidently heard. There is something about him that you, you can be healed. And she is saying, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. What did we read in Mark 11? Whatever you say, you'll have. If you believe in your heart, do not doubt in your heart. Believe that those things... That you say will come to pass, you have whatever you say. Verse 29, immediately. So she came up, touched his garment. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Now, there are people all around him thronging him. Okay? It's Jesus. The power of God was walking through that crowd. But not everybody was healed. The power of God is resident. I'm going to read this to you. Let's read the rest of it. I'm going to come back to that. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that the power has gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitudes thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that it had happened in her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Let's put up Luke uh, 8.46 real quick. This is in, in Luke, the same account. But Jesus said, somebody touched me for I, received I, I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now I want you to, let's look at that um, Let's go to uh, Mark 5.34, just skip down a little bit, and we'll come back to 5.30. In the Amplified, 
in the back in Mark 534, it said, He said to her daughter, Your faith, your trust and confidence in me, springing from faith in God, has restored you to health. Your faith. So notice he didn't say, I'm omnipotent, and this is your lucky day. God has decreed, you shall be made whole. Daughter, you're made whole by the grace and the mercy and the will of God. Go forth. Did he say that? He didn't. He said, daughter, your faith, your faith, your faith, your trust and confidence in me springing from faith in God has restored you to health. Go in into peace and be continually healed and freed from your uh, distressing bodily disease. In the Passion Translation, it says, daughter, because you dared to believe. Your faith has healed you. Now, we could go into the fact that she had a blood, an issue of blood. She shouldn't have been there and we're around all those people and all that stuff. But she pushed through. It says, daughter, because you dared to believe. Didn't say because it's, it's my will. The power was present for all those people. Now, I'm going to show you something in a minute when we go back to verse 30. But the power was present. She believed. And Jesus himself said, the reason that you are healed is not because of my will. It's not because of my power. It's because you dared to believe. That's why. The son of the living God said it was because of your faith. So it was her faith. There are people all around him pressing. But I want you to notice something. She believed and something happened. Let's look at that in the Amplified, uh, 5.30. Go back to five, uh, Mark 5.30 in the Amplified. It says, Jesus recognizing in himself, so the lady comes and she touches the hem of his gar garment. And Jesus recognizing in himself that power proceeding from him had gone forth turning around immediately in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Notice how it says this. Recognizing in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth. The power that's proceeding from him, see, it didn't just say it just went forth. It said the power that's there proceeding from him, it did something, it went forth. In the Passion Translation, it says, Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. I'm going to read that again. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, See, no, there's people touching him all over the place, right? There's a crowd. There's people everywhere. They're touching him, bumping up. But this lady dared to believe something. She, we know what she believed because it says, if I touch him, I'm going to be made well. So she's coming up, not touching him, just bumping up to him. She's coming up, touching him, believing something. She's putting a demand on him, on his power. Yes. Notice that it says here, he, he felt the power that always surged around him. The power is there. In other words, people are bumping into him. No power. No power's moving. But somebody comes with the hand of faith. 
God's grace has made everything He has provided for us available, but it's, it's waiting. What is it waiting for? The hand of faith to go and open the door, to make the conduit open, and it flows. He felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. Now, there's a footnote on this. It says, Mark 30. This is a literal render, rendering or literal reading of a unique phrase in Greek construction. It could be translated, the power that keeps going out of him went out of him. I'm going to read that again. This is a literal reading of a unique phrase in Greek construction. It could be translated, the power that keeps going out of him went out of him. In other words, Jesus, there's power emanating. In another place in the scripture, it says the power was present to heal them. It's always present. Do you realize the power is present right now to heal every person in this room? Now. Do you realize it's surging? Can you see it? I mean, can you, with your mind's eye, Jesus walking and that power just surging around him. That's why, you know, the picture, if you've looked at the website for this series, it's got a guy holding a Bible and there's like electricity all around it. The power is present. We access that power by believing. It could be translated, the power that keeps going out from him went out, keeps going out of him went out from him. This was a glorious power that kept going out and around Jesus, drawing others to him and healing those he touched. Healing this woman who he touched in faith. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Faith is the hand that takes what God has provided. She could have walked right by him. She could have just sat there. She, she could have not received her healing. It wasn't the providence of God. It wasn't God's action. Jesus was walking with the power that's there. And somebody put a demand on it, and she was healed.